Hey, what up? It's Podcast Rebellion. We are finally back at it again. Feels like it has been a minute. Uh, I'm going to take the brunt of that because um, my voice and uh, part- most of my body has been completely ejected uh, for this entire week. I've been under the weather. Uh, so we apologize for not bringing a show to you before uh, we are recording now. So uh, you can please, um, you can tweet at me, DM me, whatever you want to do if you're mad that we have failed to bring you content. But we are here, Benjamin Woodhouse, Nicholas Carr. Gentlemen, uh, this is uh, this is a landmark. That's, that's Zach Barry at, uh, at Clay Travis at Outkick the Coverage on Twitter. Yeah, tweet him uh, about his broke-ass golf swing. Um, Holy loud mic, by the way. <laughs> hot mic, coming in hot. Um, but we're here. Uh, look, this landmark episode because let's just jump right into it. For the first time ever in our lifetime, uh, a big three Ole Miss sport is ranked number one in the country. Pretty cool. So cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Everyone's um, just, uh, yeah. I think, and, um, and you know, very, um, they look deserving of the ranking. I think so. I mean, did we all have flow baseball or flow sport or whatever last weekend? Oh, did everybody hit that bullet so hard? I said I wasn't going to do it. And I mean, you know, 30 minutes before, 30 minutes before first, but actually, more like the second inning of the MSU game, I was like, screw it. I'm, I'm just, 30 bucks for a weekend of entertainment, and I'd, I'd pay it over again to watch us beat, you know, three top 10 teams. You know, one more thing before you go, Zach. I could tell that we didn't have, you know, we've, it's been a long time since we got to watch baseball because, like Nick, I actually bought it the day before, um, uh, thinking that it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just like brain fart. But I watched the state TCU game. I mean, they're like, I watched like, like nine games, part of nine games. And, and enjoy it. Like, it was enjoyable. I was just sitting there watching baseball. And that was a yeah. great feeling. Well, look, I mean, look, everybody was bashing the announcers. And for good reason, they were kind of goobers, um, getting names wrong. But, look, I thought the production was outstanding. It was way better than it was a couple years ago when they were in Houston at Minute Maid Park. Now, Minute Maid was – oh yeah. You know, doing some, they were doing some infrastructure things in center field, so they were a little bit hampered by that. But I mean, I thought the production value was was pretty damn good. I mean, you got replays, um, graphics were decent. Um, didn't get a radar on the graphic, which is kind of a bummer. But they were talking about the uh, the mile per hour though. But look, I mean, about as good of a weekend that you could draw up. And you know, if you went to Mike Bianco and said, "All right, here's what we're gonna do." You're going to go three and zero at this tournament in Arlington, and you're going to be ranked number one in the country. Probably not even going to ask a question. He's probably just going to say, "All right, cool. Let's just take on Arkansas State on Tuesday." But Ole Miss sweeps through the College Baseball Showdown or the State Farm College Baseball Showdown, I should say. Um, shout out to uh, State Farm and Davis McCord. We are in the Davis McCord uh, studio. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was incredible. I mean, I thought the offense did just enough in their games. I thought that the, you know, outside of Doug Nikhazy, very unlike Doug, a non-Doug day. But, I mean, the bullpen was pretty much dominant. 
the bullpen was I, – I, maybe I texted you guys or maybe I said to someone else <clears throat> that I don't know exactly what the number one team in the country looks like. Ben, I think you said it before we started. I, I mean, I don't watch a ton of like Florida or Vanderbilt when they're number one. But, man, we look and feel like that number one team. I mean, th- that's what a number one team to me should look like. You just keep running guys out there out of the bullpen. I mean, what about when Josh Mallets came out there in the – I guess it was game two – never heard of this guy he's pumping like 95 just he's on the corners he's nibbling the edges and it's just guy after guy after guy after guy out of the bullpen and it it felt like we were a a different team I guess I mean I'm looking at our stats here we pitched more guys through four games this season than we pitched all of last year and the year before I believe we've got we've given more guys innings thus far so I just it's kind of uh you know different seeing how deep our bullpen is and our whole pitching staff really yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. You know, for me, you you start running your fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth guy out of the pen out there, and they're still throwing low to mid, 90s. And that, you know, I've watched Ole Miss teams under Mike Bianco where the third guy out of the bullpen throws 86 or 84. I mean, good, good Ole Miss baseball teams that made super regionals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what was West Burton last last year? West Burton was, you know, kind of one of Ole Miss's. Not want to say top top guys out of the bullpen, but I feel like he pitched in a number of games. I mean, I'm trying to find his stats from last year. He threw six innings and four appearances with a 1.4 ERA. So he was a a pretty much a top top arm, and it almost feels like he's an afterthought. We didn't use him at all on the weekend, did we? No, his first appearance was on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, and maybe was there an injury that I'm not aware of? Is he supposed to be a top bullpen arm? Because it sure doesn't seem like not a knock on him, but it seems like there's five guys ahead of him just how, based on how good we are. I mean, he's still going to be a factor. Um, he's bumped up his his uh, his velo a little bit. Um, he looked good on Tuesday, and uh, I think we might have made the joke in our group text during the during the weekend, but we were like. I guess this is what Vanderbilt feels like mm-hmm. because it was just every single guy that was out there was just 95, 96, throwing it by people. I mean, Gunnar Hoagland mowed, just absolutely mowed Texas Tech down. And then, you know, on Monday, I, Derek Diamond looks for real. I mean, poor poor Texas. Uh, you, they're not back in baseball, that's for sure. They couldn't hit a fastball. They weren't even close to touching his fastball it was um yeah and i just dominant. I, I was gonna add i don't want to i don't want to you know knock a good win because it was a top 10 win at the time but i think i think it's safe to say texas is probably not top 25 this year right I, that was not a very good i think i think texas texas say uh, excuse me tcu and texas tech were two really good almost certainly will host I do not think Texas is a host. I don't – there was not much I saw out of them. I, TCU, uh, excuse me, Texas Tech went 0-3, but I still think that was a pretty good baseball team, right? And, I yeah, thought they were the I second so best too. team I saw that weekend. I did, I did than, too. Other than maybe Mississippi <clears throat> State. I mean, yeah. they were they were very good, and they went 0-3. Yeah. But yeah, I mean – It would I, surprise me if they didn't make Omaha. That and I didn't, I didn't think that about Texas. I didn't – there was nothing I watched, no. and it was like – that there was a clear to me there were five good teams in Texas there. So 
Ole Miss highest ranking ever. Um, the last time they were ranked this high, number two in 2018, um, on the heels of a SEC tournament championship. Um, and I think the highest preseason ranking um, was at number four. And um, I'm looking at uh, Ole Miss Sports.com. It said that top ranked Florida lost its season opening series with Miami. Second ranked UCLA dropped two or three to San Francisco. And that opened the door for Ole Miss to jump and, and vault to that number one spot. Um, kind of a no brainer. I think the uh, the guys at D1 Baseball kind of said it best. You know, Arkansas was, was impressive in Arlington as well, but they were ranked lower than Ole Miss. So, you know, there wasn't really a debate for, you know, are they going to put Arkansas at one or Ole Miss at one because Ole Miss was ranked higher. But I mean, look again, like, the best way to start off a season. Um, you kind of got a little bit of everything. We already talked about the bullpen and how good they were, the starting pitching outside of Nikhazy. Now, Nikhazy's not going to do that every every week. He, he just, you know, just an off day, no big deal. But, I mean, look, Ben's already talking about it. We, we might get him to get on his soapbox here. Is Jacob Gonzalez the best freshman shortstop that we've had through four games? I Oh, through four games? Well, obviously, yes. But, I mean... He's got a way to, go, way to go before he can get in that Cozart territory, but... Yeah, you know... I, I, he looks a lot like We've him. had some really good shortstops since Bianco's been here. I mean, there have been some hiccups on a couple teams, but, you know, for the most part, Errol was good, Gray was good, Cozart was good. You know, who was the shortstop just before Errol Robinson? Uh, ooh, that'd be a good trivia question. What twenty thirteen oh, shortstop? Tim Ferguson. Did he play shortstop? It was okay. Kev- Kevin Moore year in there? But even even yeah. go got back to guys like Matt Tolbert. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, way the, back in the day. I mean, there have been some. There have been some. There were some Blake Nivalus too. But like, not to you know, he's a good player. But we're talking about you know, there's some major league type players at shortstop and some guys who get invited to big league spring training all throughout. None of them, none of them look like this guy. No. He, yeah, I mean, that, and that's not to say they're not great players. Yeah. But they yeah. don't have this look. Even Cozart didn't have this look. Like when this guy gets in there, man, he's built like Cal Ripken. He's big. Mm-hmm. Now he may eat his way out of shortstop. I don't know. He's 18 years old. You know he's he's going to go in one of two directions. I'm not sitting here calling him a rod, but but he may you know grow into a third baseman, and that's fine because he's got so much pop behind the plate. But he looks really good. He goes to his left as good as any short of any shortstop we've had in a while. You know I, I thought Gray was really really good going to his right going into the six hole. You know he made some, he made a couple of Sports Center top ten plays going that direction. I mean. Servideo was good going to his right, but this guy made some plays up the middle. I mean, truly, that one ball behind second base, man, that was big time. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. 20 feet in the outfield. What? All right, so, you know, he's he's good in the field. I think there's no, there's no doubt about that. I think we're going to continue seeing that. But has, has, has there been a freshman at Ole Miss that started the season as high up in the lineup as he started? I don't. I can't recall one at all that started in the top third of the lineup. No, I, I think he. I know he started Errol Knight his freshman year. Gray started 14. eight, I think. 
Gray started eight or nine. Yes. So, you know, I mean, to to start him at third in the lineup on the opening weekend, to me says he's been he's more confident in Gonzalez and he's been in any Ole Miss freshman. And we had consecutive freshmen of the year back in what oh three oh four with with Head and uh, it might have been Seth Smith. It was consecutive years. Yeah. So for him to start him in the three hole, I think it was the three hole in game one is. Or maybe maybe in the two hole. I don't know. I just don't ever recall that from a freshman. Yeah, it's impressive. Um, you know, Ben already talked about the defense, uh, and that play was that was just playing straight up. There was no shift. Um, he got all the way over there, made the play, the you know glove side turn throw. I mean, just and it looked so effortless. Like it wasn't like he was having to stress to get the ball over there in time. I mean, it was easy. And then the ball that he hit out was. I mean, just an absolute rope that got out in about 2.5. And that's a big league ballpark. Didn't see uh, – I mean, there were some home runs hit in the World Series and in the playoffs when they played in that stadium. But, I mean, that kind of pop from a true freshman is uh, is pretty special. But, I mean, they did a little bit of everything. I mean, Ben, ben Van Cleve was huge. Um, you know, Hayden Dunhurst kind of picked up where he left off in 2020. He looked good. Tim Elko had a couple pops. Um and look, I, Peyton Chatney. I mean, he's kind of taken on a leadership role. Um, you know, we, you know, Captain Fun. He was he was a big part of that team last year, next to uh, Servideo in the middle. But I mean, he had a huge finale against Texas before. Um, you know, tweaking the hamstring there. But I, if if you can get him hitting for extra bases, Gonzalez continues to hit it well, and then you just kind of piecemeal it together. I mean, with what you know, Hayden Leatherwood, Kevin Graham. Um, Justin Bench is starting to hit a little bit. I mean, it's his lineup is dangerous, man. Kel Baker wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. You know, he comes back and all he does is is his first hits a, a dinger against Arkansas State. So it's it's impressive. I mean, if you can get that kind of production out of your lineup with the bullpen that they have from what we've seen in four games, this is special to be able to see so, this production. The shortstop before Errol, I believe, was Austin Anderson. Oh I think my God. Andrew Mistoni played third base. And I just I always put Austin Anderson with at third base because I think I just blocked out the twelve and thirteen seasons because <laughs> they were I getting mean, we were we were not very good. They were getting I was bad. becoming I was I was crawling onto team fire Bianco there for a while. At the start of the fourteen season, everyone thought this was gonna be our worst team. He was probably gone. And it ended up being I mean, in in hindsight, we look back on like when that team was loaded, the one that went to the College World Series. But y- y'all remember at the beginning of fourteen year, we thought it was over. This was this team was going to kind of bottom out, and that would be it. But I one hundred percent believe that. I was like, man, I, this is it. You know, nobody expected Christian Trent to go eleven and zero with like a right. zero ERA. Yeah, yeah. What? Well, I mean, right, you so, had, so back, you know, Will Allen wins the batting title on that team. I mean, just right, crazy. Dudes just had their best year ever all at the same time. It was the perfect time. Perfect timing, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, talking about, you know, we we know that Hayden Dernhurst is good behind the plate. I mean, anybody that wants to run on him all year, I welcome that challenge. It's, it's a free out. You're running out of an inning. But I don't – I don't know that Bianco, I certainly didn't expect him to hit as well as he did, I guess, through four games. I didn't expect him to be, you know, hitting fourth or fifth in the lineup. To me, man, if, if he's hitting like that, 
I think he's a first round guy next year, right? Like, oh, like yeah. top twenty five pick. I really think so. I I think you're right. Um, I mean, I, I hope so. You know, like Stuart Turner was very good in college. I think he went the second round, and I would be comp- I would be very happy if if Dunhurst but, had. But Dunhurst is better defensively than Stuart Turner, right? I mean, he's got a really good arm. He's got a better arm, at least. Yeah, they they both had great. I mean, Stu Turner's pop time was a one eight. What is Dunhurst like a one seven or something? I would say. I mean, it's very fast. He's very. It's fat, good. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, people. If you still on him, take the bag, save the bat and gloves. Yeah. P- yes. <laughs> I welcome people stealing on him. The I would give the edge to Turner and just I would say just being a backstop, he probably a little bit better blocking the ball up than Dunhurst. Now, not He's saying a Dunhurst back there. Yeah, not saying Dunhurst is bad at it, but I mean Turner was just a monster. Um, I think I think Dunhurst could come along for his receiving ability, and that's fair. But at the same time, we also have to remember he's just a what? I guess he's a COVID sophomore. Yeah, COVID freshman. Wasn't he's, he? he's a COVID freshman. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean, he's going to be, uh, you know, he hasn't played a lot of games for Ole Miss. He's got a long way to go in terms of you know growing up and stuff. So we'll see. Um. All right, so I guess before we uh, take a look towards the weekend against UCF, um, looking at the ranking, being number one, obviously football, the closest that football has been was 2014. College football playoff, they were fourth. Um, Nick, you might have to help Ben, too. You might have to help me out with basketball. I don't think basketball has ever sniffed it. I think we got to 17 one year. I mean, maybe back in the Provine Posse days, they were in the teens, maybe, you know, maybe getting towards 12, 13. I'd have to go back and look, but I mean, baseball has been the only sport that's, that's been this close outside of that one year of football. So, I mean, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty special thing to be ranked number one. Uh, I mean, I think uh, that it's four games in a year, you got the weekend against UCF coming up, but I mean, this is um, kind of shaping up to be a potential season at Swayze Field, where it's it's got some uh, some real some real ceiling to uh, to really be special. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm very hopeful that we can expand the capacity because. I mean, I went to the game on you know last night against uh, Arkansas State, and it was fun. But I mean, it felt like a midweek game, and I I don't want it to feel like a midweek game all season long. I don't want it to feel like there's twenty five hundred. So I think that would help. But I don't know. I was looking at some scores last night on D one baseball, and I, I don't know if you guys do the same. But when you look at scores, I, I kind of look for uh, how did you know number one do? Okay, how did number two do? And it was so weird to see Ole Miss as the the first team I was kind of looking for. Like Ole Miss was the number one team that you normally are looking at Florida or Vandy, maybe UCLA, something like that. It was so strange to be like, there are people out there at other baseball games that are like, hey, how the number one team in the country do? And that's Ole Miss. And that's a really cool feeling, I think, to see like the number one team, the team everyone's like, you know, did, did they win? Did they lose tonight? That's Ole Miss that they're talking about. I think that's really cool. You're right. You're exactly right. That is 
extremely cool. It was cool. I was watching the uh, um, Arkansas game, State game yesterday, some, and even just seeing like the graphic come across the screen, like Ole Miss or Rebels versus Red Wolves or whatever, and the one next to Ole Miss. <laughs> it's like it's pretty cool, but it's video it's, game stuff. It's been a long time coming though. Like Ole Miss has flirted with being very good and has been very good for the better part of twenty years since Bianco got here, right? And and so now that um, they are number one. It's almost, you know, it's, like I said, it's just, it's, it was going to happen eventually. Now, I don't know that, you know, it'd be cool if we could, you know, stay number one the rest of the year, you know, with a SEC schedule, that's always going to be a difficulty, but we certainly look very complete. I mean, I was trying to think of if we do have a weakness, what is that weakness? And so, you know, I was thinking about that. Maybe there's – we've had faster outfields. Yeah. I mean, but but we may, at the same time, the outfield this outfield can really hit. <sighs> Please, y'all, shoot me if I'm wrong. We talked about last night at the game. I mean, you know how a baseball game is. There's nine innings. You shoot the breeze. You're kind of, you know, doing a little bit of whatever. And – if there's one minor weakness, which I'll agree that it's there might not be like a huge stick in the lineup, like a guy like Tyler Keenan that you feel pretty confident is going to hit 12 home runs and 360. No, I think we've got those guys. I think we do too, but I, who is it? Who do you feel con- – like last year I was confident it was Keenan. I don't know this year Elko. who it is probably. Elko, L Baker. But I don't feel as good about – I, I, y'all, are, y'all are reassuring me, and I appreciate that. But I don't feel quite as good. At the, I think the question Kevin was, Graham can hit. I, think, I do too. Well, I the, think the question the was posed: can hit. Gonzalez. If, Dude, he's if, good. If I could bring back one of Servidio or Keenan, who would it be? And someone said Servidio, but I said Keenan because he's that big, th- middle of the lineup. If you bring back Servidio, can, can you imagine how good the infield defense would be? I'm, I'm bringing back Servidio. I, mean, I get it. I get it. You know, like I do. I do, Keenan. The, the and and reasonable minds can differ there. The only reason I'm bringing back your video is he added a lot of pop to his bat last he year. Did. Yeah. yeah, and um. Anyway, I, you know, Keenan, Keenan might strike out for you. You know, like he he might he might get on a. A terror where he'll strike out five out of six times. You know, I'm he, I'm nitpicking this here. He looks good in a uniform. You know, no, you're right. I'm not. I'm just. <laughs> he was thick. It was. It was thick. And I think that's what we need—a little thickness out there. You know, Elko needs to bulk up a little bit. Maybe, and maybe Kel Baker's—he's too thin this year. Maybe that's a problem. Could be. Let me ask you this: Does this year's team beat last year's team? Ooh. It, it feels deeper on the mound. Yeah. I mean, we had Josh Mallett come out of nowhere. I was having to look him up to see who who he was, and he's just throwing freaking diesel out there. He okay, so he shared a number with a player for TCU in game. I guess it was game two, and when a new TCU player came in, they called him Josh Mallett on the screen, and I was like, "Who's Josh Mallett? I've never heard of this guy." I didn't even know we had a player named Josh Mallett. That's how bad. It was, and then he came in the game later, and I was like, "Oh, I get. I guess this is who Josh Mallets is." And I mean, you know, we talked about Wes Burton, Tyler Myers. I don't know if he'll ever get back to what he what he was. I assume he will. I mean, he looked he, good he on had Tommy John surgery. That's not a you know 
That's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a surgery that guys traditionally recover from. I think it's a the bullpen on this year's team in a three game series against last year's team is probably the difference. Yeah. Well, all right. So before we move into uh, talking UCF, do want to remind you we are in the State Farm Davis McCord Studio. Where can you get good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates? That's State Farm. Because Davis McCord is your one-stop shop in Tennessee and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. State Farm agent Davis McCord is ready to help. Call 901-755-6110 for your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, hang tight. Rest of the sponsors, going to talk to you here. Tell you about them when we come back. We will talk UCF opening weekend. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments Part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials, 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, Go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe an anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome. has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. 
Uh, you can try their healing station, High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that healing station bourbon, a very small batch High Rye Bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, and just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that, or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share SIP responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. And we're back here, Podcast Rebellion. All right, gentlemen, Ole Miss welcomes in the UCF Golden Knights, um, which actually, I don't know. I think they're just the Knights now. I think they dropped the Golden. Um, I don't know if Gus is going to make the trip or not, um, but UCF comes in limping a little. Lost on Tuesday to Stetson, got blanked 7 to nothing, and they lost their uh, opening series against FAU. Uh, scores 12 to 6, 20 to 15, and then they won 15 to 6. So, not really sure what they got on the mound. Um, I mean, it is uh, what, what are we expecting? I mean, I say that laughing, but I mean, r- truly, what are we expecting after uh, they open with that? Sweet. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, so. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. We're looking at some rain this weekend. I, I, I've mentioned it before to yeah. you guys, but so if we if we can only get into that's fine, whatever. But man, looking at those those numbers that they gave up last weekend, I think that it should be something like we saw against Arkansas State. I think you might see one game that's kind of close, like a ten six or something, and then the other one's a twelve to one type. That's just not a team. It's it's normally a team that can compete. It doesn't look like a team that's going to compete this year. It's, it, this is one you got to – because I don't care if FAU is not a great baseball team. You got to come out and, and yeah. kind of lay the hammer on them and, and not give them a chance to mess around. Now, we'll say they did hit eight home runs um, in their first four games, but against some pitching that's nowhere near as good as Ole Miss. So um, we'll see how they fare against Nikhazy, Hoagland, and Diamond. In in fairness, they also gave up eight home runs. So <laughs> they they've uh, they've got uh, one, two, seven guys with an ERA above six. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of home runs, we're nearly 30 minutes in. We have yet to mention John Rice Plumley, uh, absolutely sitting on one. That was impressive. All jokes aside. Yeah, that was cool. It was a cool moment, too. I felt like the, I mean, he's been, I made the joke last weekend about how he's in the middle of like every celebration, but I really do think that he is a, a guy that the players like. I mean, it sure seems like it. And I, I mean, I'm, I've watched the clip of him hitting the home run. The second it comes off his bat, I feel like the dugout knows it's gone, and they, they're already, you know, running out there to greet him. I feel like they they erupted. So it was it was cool to see. Yeah, I mean, and he got every single bit good of for it John too. Rice, man. He did. He's going to find himself into the into the lineup if he hits like that. It's too fast, and it's at least going to put those guys ahead of him. You know. Hey man, like I got to keep it together. There's a guy by on my tails right now, you know, because he's going to be faster than the guys ahead of him in the outfield. Yeah. And um, unless they move, what's his name to the outfield, the first baseman, but uh, um, the floor from the weekend. What's I got? I can, I'm I'm drawing blanks, guys. Try, try the floor, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, but good for John Rice, really, like. He's also and, kind of a spark plug. Like if he comes in and you know is, is pinch running on, from second, it, it kind of gets the crowd going a little bit. You know, the, that's what I was thinking. Like, kind of know your know your role. Like, accept what your role is. You know what I'm saying? If you if you know, hey, I'm a guy that so you know I'm probably going to be. I don't know. I'll get drafted in the late rounds, and but I may never be an everyday player at Ole Miss in in uh baseball but at the same time like you're clearly good enough to be on the team otherwise because i don't know this to be true this is me thinking i imagine that that bianco kind of encourages players like hey man this isn't going to work out here i only have a limited amount of roster spots i know you're free because you have a football scholarship but go back and play football and it doesn't look like he's done that with with Plumley. and i'm not saying he's done that with anybody i just think that or guys just kind of see the writing on the wall. Like, you know, when you think about the Ole Miss baseball team, it's just those guys are really, really, um, really good. And they play all the time and practice all the time. And you're out there getting ready for LSU and football. So good on John Rice. So looking at the stats from uh, the first four games, um, look, I mean, Tuesday, we got to get a look at TJ McCants, the uh, freshman shortstop from Pensacola Catholic. Had a big double in that game. Had uh, Ended up with another hit as well. Two for five in that game, I believe. Um, look, I mean, you got him. You got Kale Baker. We just talked about Plumley. If he can continue to do that, Knox LaPosser. And then we haven't even really gotten a look at Calvin Harris, another highly regarded freshman. Um, still dealing with a little bit of an injury. He's probably going to be looking at just – just batting. I think he's probably just going to be hitting this year. Um, he's the heir apparent to to Dunhurst. Um, and then another guy that we haven't seen yet, Kemp Alderman. I mean, a guy that was some of his exit velos during the during the fall and the spring were pretty eye popping. So a lot of pop on this on this team coming off the bench. Yeah, I, I thought we would see Alderman yesterday. I was kind of surprised by that because he there was a number of times in the, I guess it's winter ball, you'd call it. He led the team in XV level, like 106, 108. Um, 
but there, there, I don't guess there was really a, a spot when you factor in that, that Dunhurst was DH and then you had to have Kel Baker on the field. So, and there's a lot of guys that I don't really feel like we've had. I mean, it's a, it's as deep of a lineup as I can remember. It's no doubt as deep of a bullpen as I can remember. I mean, there's just, and I, I, I'm curious is, you know, having more guys like, you know, Ely and Plumley and Malone, is that kind of helping with the depth? Of course, I guess there's only one on the team now, but yeah, it's something to think about. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it it's just giving Bianco and and uh, you know the the staff plenty of options. I mean, it's not like you're looking at just one guy that you're turning to late in the game to pinch hit. I mean, they've got righties, they've got lefties. I mean, they can kind of they can kind of do you know they can kind of tinker with it a little bit. And we know Mike loves to tinker and he loves to match up play and and all that. But I mean, all jokes aside, I mean, he's got options now. I mean, it's you know, extreme Man, Jack so Harlow nice voice. Like this. Sorry, I'm getting all cheesy. <laughs> but I've watched I've watched Ole Miss baseball teams not be able to not have any depth and not get it out of the infield from the plate. And I don't know. Anyway, one that comes to mind is like when we were in college, Zach. Like not after the after the Virginia run. In 2009, it, it got it started getting sour, 2010, 11, 12, 13. And then it's like, I mean, we start, we kept getting worse. We were getting beat by like directional schools and the regionals. I know William I and Mary, which are talking about with that. William and Mary, yeah. But just listening to y'all talk about, you know, who do you run in? And every one of those guys are good, right? Like if Doug Nikhazy, Doug Nikhazy, if he doesn't get his stuff together, Doug Nikhazy won't pitch on Friday like because there are really good pitchers on the staff. And I think Doug Nikhazy is going to get his stuff together. It's not what, that's not, I'm just using him as an example. As smooth as Gunnar Hoagland looks Saturday, and let me tell you all, or Sunday, he looks like a major league pitcher. And it, it flies out of his hand, and he barely even exerts energy. Yeah, he, he's barely moving it, yeah. And, and that's, that is something. And so – there's a lot of life there. A- anyway, long story short, um, it's just it, it's an it's an embarrassment of riches, is what it is. And I know we're just a few games in the season, four games in the season, and anything can happen. But you know, this team's clearly got it offensively. They did it last year. You don't win 19 in a row by mistake. No, I mean up to 20 and you now. Don't run into. You don't beat three top ten teams in a row by mistake. Like uh-huh. you don't just run into being good. I mean, yes, you can you can slip up like Semo almost slipped up and, and should have beat Arkansas tonight, right? But they wouldn't have done that to Arkansas, then Ole Miss, then Mississippi State. You know that doesn't happen, and so you have to be great to do that. And Ole Miss did it, and we talked about this before the show. Ole Miss won that first game with Nikhazy having one of the poorest performances he's had in a while. He walked three or four guys, made it an inning in two-thirds. His command just wasn't there. Ole Miss still beat TCU. Go to the next game. Hoagland walks just about as many guys in that game. Now, he was great, as he did all season last year. Ole Miss still beats Texas Tech. Go to the next game. Or was is that – do I have those reversed? Either way. Yeah, and then Texas, yeah. And then Texas. And, and I mean, my goodness – 
it was an exclamation point when Ole Miss beat Texas. It was like Kendall Rogers or whoever is out there talking about how, oh, well, if Arkansas wins, then, you know, the top 25 rankings get interesting or who's going to be number one gets interesting or whatever. I don't know what it was, what he, what he said, but, you know, Ole Miss, like, made sure that, it, like, no, dude, it doesn't matter because we're fixing to win this game 8-1 to one or 10-1, to one, you know, and that that'll be that. Like, we're going to emphatically beat Texas – in Texas, and that's exactly what they did to leave. And then to put a, you know, in in the past, correct me if I'm wrong. Ole Miss would have come back in that game against Arkansas State would have been like twelve to eight. Mm-hmm. Like it would have been. Yeah, McDaniel just shut that door. Yes, that's right. Ole Miss would have got back, got hit a little bit, kicked it around the infield, not been focused. You know, Arkansas State would have led for a while. And then Ole Miss would have finally like walked six guys in and and, and won twelve to eight. And yesterday that just wasn't the case. They came back very businesslike. It, they are businesslike yet also having fun at the same time. That is a rare combination. They're not. They don't make it stale. They're not just like, you know, the the evil empire. They it, they have a lot of Vandy. You know, it's probably why we we us and Vandy get into it all the time because like. They have fun and wave at the fans and like taunt, but at the same time, they're not losing focus on what's what's at hand here. Like we're 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 here to win a game first. Mm-hmm. And I I think watching McDaniel last night, I think he's a a weekend guy next year. You know, you're oh, going to lose, yeah, you're going to lose Hoagland, and you're going to lose you know, uh, Nikhazy. So I think it's pretty obvious Diamond will be that your Friday guy. I mean, I think I think McDaniel's a guy that could come in on the weekend and pitch. I don't think there's any reason why not. Um, I mean, heck, Jackson Kimbrell looked like he might could be a guy that could come in and pitch on the weekend next year too. I mean, there's a lot of guys that pitch a lot of innings because, like you said, Nikhazy wasn't – I mean, he wasn't sharp at all. Not only that, but he wasn't sharp and only gave you two innings. It wasn't like he was sharp, not sharp but gave you four or five. So you had to have a lot of innings. And, I mean, it's just, you know, guys that we used last year we really depended on. We didn't, we didn't really use until the Tuesday game, like – you know, Austin Miller, I feel like we depended on him a lot and, and we really didn't look to him too much. Braden Forsyth, I mean, just this guy after guy after guy in the bullpen. You know, Taylor Broadway was really good. Wes Burton was good last night. I was going to say, we hadn't even mentioned Broadway. Yeah, and he, he's probably the player of the weekend. Because he comes in in that first game and shuts down TC, you know, and, and that was a, I mean, that was probably the toughest win. Yeah, four hits, one run, five Ks. I mean, he's just – I mean, I hate to say he's kind of a bulldog out there because he's not – doesn't like overwhelm you with his power on the mound. And I mean, he's not – he doesn't kind of look the part like some of our other pitchers do, but he just got outs. I mean, it, you know. And I think part of it is is having all these COVID guys. You know, normally you'd have a guy like Taylor Broadway probably would have been picked in the 27th round. He was a junior. He would have gone last year. We don't bring him back this year. Even a guy like Max Trophy probably leaves after last year, even if just a mediocre season. So just having these extra arms really helps, and I think that we have more extra arms than anyone else. I don't. We didn't lose a pitcher, is that right? Off of last year's team, Zach. Got to be the only team in the SEC that didn't yeah. lose a single pitcher. Definitely brought the whole weekend rotation back, and we brought Myers back. Un- so that's unheard of. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, Myers. I can't think of any pitchers. I mean, the only two players we lost were Servideo and Keenan. Yeah, I mean, is 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 you know led the country in home runs last year with thirty seven, and I th- believe off the top of my head, 
I think they only lost 12 off that team from Keenan and Servideo. So you bring back pretty much all of your pop. Um, and then you, I mean, you throw in, you're adding guys like Jacob Gonzalez and, um, you know, we talked about McCants. Um, you know, we already mentioned Kemp Alderman, Calvin Harris. Um, I mean, you know, Ben Van Cleve was there last year, but he looks like he's taking a little bit of a step. I mean, you've got these these bats that you can count on. Uh, you know, it's not just like, all right, who's pitching? Oh, it's a righty, so we're putting this guy in. Like, no, like they're just gonna pretty much. I think what Bianco and and um and Clement and and Lafferty are gonna do is just kind of like, all right, who's got the hot hand? And then if if they don't have it with two, three at bats, and it's like, all right, next man up. Like, let's get somebody else a shot because the the lineup is deep. I mean, they got some power. They got some pop. I mean, some of the home runs we saw during the fall and the spring, I mean, it wasn't just the, you know, the usual suspects. I mean, everybody was was hitting it out. And I mean, I'll steal this from uh, our, our friend of the show and um, one of our resident baseball insiders, Justin Kemp, played at Ole Miss. Uh, he told me that when Cliff Godwin was there, the uh, the mantra they had was, um, was uh, elevate and separate or elevate and celebrate. And that's just kind of the way baseball is now. It's going mean, to be a lot of a lot of long balls. You're probably going to get a lot of strikeouts too. But I mean, it is extra base hits and home runs. That's what it is. Um, you know, you, you know, mix in you mix in some guys what? that can can hit it everywhere. You know, you got to have those in the lineup, but I mean, this is a team that's just oh man, they're just going to really hit the ball out of the ballpark all year. Why would you go into the batter's box not swinging for the fence? I will never understand that. Like, I, I, I really won't. I mean, I go in there and, you know, what you can say what you want about launch angle. I mean, I get that. But, you know, used to everybody be like, I oh, hit the ball on the ground, you know, you know, no, that's not. We want to hit doubles off the wall. We want to hit the ball 450 dead center. And, like last year, I think about Elko, I think it was against Princeton, the last series of the season. I think he hit one off the top of the batter's eye uh-huh. that yeah. that series because I was sitting in the 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 uh, up right field terrace, like the first baseline, to, you know, the whatever the that platform. What what's that called? It's some club, bullpen club, or yeah. yeah. A, anyway, it's the top top deal, the new part. And I'm sitting up there at like one of those tables and thinking, I mean, it was a bomb from up there and you're way up high sitting up there. You could just tell how far that ball went, but, um, man, yeah, that, yes. Uh, when you elevate and celebrate is, it, that is my mantra. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we're going to elevate and celebrate this podcast being back. We're going to have, a. Uh, more uh, regularly scheduled programming for you now that baseball is back. Nick, one more thing. Yeah, last one. We talk about elevate and celebrate. We we failed to mention Lafleur's home run on yeah. game three. I oh, mean, yeah, that's a like you said, that's a big ballpark. I think it's three seventy four to right center. Now he hit it a little more towards the line, and he hit it at least eight rows up. I mean, Casually. the second he hit it, I was like, oh my gosh, it was. That ball was hit a long, long way. What was more impressive, that one or Gonzalez' home run that was like eight feet off the ground? Gonzalez only cleared the fence at the fence. Like it, it never got above fence height until it actually got a 
outside of the ballpark. That that ball was rocking. It about took the right fielder's head off. Oh man, man, it's good to be back into a sport that we're good at. <sighs> oh yeah, baseball and, was a long. It was a long winter. Football's football's coming back though. Football's oh yeah, coming back. back. Oh, we were good at the end of the season in football. That's not to disparage them. Hey, only uh, I believe the only uh, Power Five program, top ten win in football, basketball, and baseball. Oh wow, which is probably pretty sweet. The, probably the only Power Five program with a win in a uh, major league and NFL or in the World Series and Super yeah. Bowl stadium. Yeah, there's no doubt. Only Power Five program that trolls every uh, official Twitter account after every win. Oh my god! Oh my gosh, that's so fun! I know people oh, win with class and stuff like. It's people on Twitter posting a meme about Dirty Mike and the boys. I mean, come on! It's just and it, it happens so organically. Like when the Braves did it a few years ago with Tiger Woods, it was the funniest thing. I mean, who cares? Ole Miss will lose some games eventually because it's baseball and it'll stop. But until then, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Before we go. Uh, what did y'all think about the other SEC schools in the in the tournament? I thought State uh, looked pretty good. State, I thought we all looked pretty good. I saw. I thought State looked really good. They got some arms. Um, they just always seem yeah. to find. I mean, find it's going to be a brawl in the West. Yeah, I think. Arkansas I think the really SEC good. West has has three really really good teams, and there, there was those were the three teams. I. MSU's bats are not quite there for me, but Arkansas is there for me on both sides of, of you know hitters and pitching. Man, Arkansas looked good. They're going. There's going to be a fight between Arkansas and Ole Miss this year. The, I'm the, glad it's I, here. I'm so glad that's in Oxford. Yeah, those programs hate each other. I know. Hate, and I think Van Horn and Bianco probably like each other, but they're play. I don't know, but they're players, man. The fan, yeah. The fans don't like each other much either. That's for sure. They don't like us. I'm sure they're going to listen to this. Like, put something about Arkansas in the titles they listen. I'll, yeah, and then they have to wait 45 minutes before they hear anything about the Razorbacks. Dirty Mike and the boys. If somebody hasn't, I love if, it. If somebody hasn't already made a flag that says Swayze is for the boys, um, when you do it, please send me like 10% of your sales. Um, oh, we can't, we we need- can't forget. Last thing. Probably one of the cooler things in that in that tournament in Arlington was after the final out against Texas Tech, Cade Sammons waving to the uh, Red Raiders out there in right field was pretty great. Oh, uh, how did we get this far without talking about that? Just the, the man, little, it was perfect. Yeah, that Nobody was that was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> him him waving to the crowd felt better than him making the catch to me. Like I felt more joyous watching him wave than it was us actually winning five seconds previous. Okay. So since Eli Manning played at Ole Miss, have we just like, or he graduated 20 years ago or whatever, we've just pretty much owned Texas tech in every sport. Yeah. We'll run into them in bowl games, baseball, Omaha. Omaha. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think we lost him in anything at all. I know. We beat them in the NIT in Oxford one year. They beat. I forgot beat, about that. Yeah, they we beat did. There was a four-five game. They beat Eli in the regular season one year. When two years, it was either twice. 
Yeah, they beat Eli like a drum. It was 01 and 02. Yeah. Mm. 03. The, the home game. They beat us in 03 in Oxford. That's right. That's right. Yeah, the home game was what? Like, it was BJ Simmons or Cody Hodges. One of them threw for like 800 yards. Seven. BJ Simmons. 665. And yeah, it was he, or 661. And Wes Welker played on that team. They had Welker that. for Heisman t shirts. <laughs> that dude was playing in the NFL like two years ago. He played for forever for a receiver. Number 27. Times they, times they are a changing because we we own the Red Raiders. And, I mean, look, owning them and beating them like that in baseball is impressive because, I mean, Tadlock and that program is – I mean, they're they're great. I mean, they're they're outstanding. Um, but, yeah, so, like I said, we'll be back next week, regularly scheduled programming. I'll be, uh, I'll be off the mend at that point. I'll have my voice back, and we'll be able to breathe out of both nostrils by then. Um, but yeah, any final thoughts? Any I guess hot takes, bold predictions for this weekend? Sweet. I don't think any games with closer than three runs. Yeah, I. I don't Brett, know how Brett, bold that is. I guess a bold prediction would be UCF wins a game. Yeah. All right. So we play UCF. We get Memphis, Jackson State, Belmont, Alcorn. I, it's there's no realistic reason that we should even consider losing a game. Yeah. Until I guess we travel to Louisiana Tech March sixteenth during spring break, and that's only because it's a, it's a road game, and, and then Auburn. So, I mean, yeah, this should be a, we, this should be a sweep, whether it's two games or three. Do we think when we go to Louisiana Tech, um, and where are they located? Slidell? What city are they in? Ruston. Ruston. Oh, that's right. Very okay. famous. I don't think Slidell has a university, but I don't know. Are, are we gonna know. have are we gonna yeah. have dueling powder blue jerseys on Sunday? Think they'll do that? Uh, it's a midweek game, so oh, otherwise God, you would. They would troll. They may troll us with a powder blue though. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they might. I bet we'll, they do. I bet they do. Because we'll probably we're, we have we're, we haven't seen the grays yet, but we'll probably wear gray. Yeah. On a serious note, they're opening the new stadium this this year, so that's a pretty cool thing that they're. We'll be uh, – I think Arkansas plays there the week before we do, and then we're the midweek. I think we're the first uh, two series there. Did the Tornado get their last – or Hurricane or whatever get the last Yeah, stadium? Yeah, Tornado got uh, that, the softball, the track, two or three dorms. I mean, you know, it decimated it. So it's a pretty cool little – it's on the same spot, and they just completely redid it and made it, you know, 21st century. It's a pretty cool little place. So it's also, oh, man, it looks um, sharp. Have you all noticed how many – how many major league teams are now going to the powder blues because they're like, Oh, old Miss's uniforms look awesome. So let's go. The, to the Rangers ones uniform. look good. The Rangers. I did, didn't yeah, the blue Jays get one too, like a new kind of powder blue. Yeah. Then, yeah. They've had, they've kind of gone back to their roots on that. The blue Jays. They got it too. But like if a, the twins started, you know, think about how many baseball teams have blue in their uniform. Well, the Cardinals are the, the kind of the OG where we got the idea. Right. We, Billies. Everybody should do it as an homage to the Expos, in my opinion. Yeah. Pack. It's just a great-looking uniform. I think the Ole Miss powder blue baseball uniform is the best uniform in sports. Like, all I mean, it's, sports. It's, a, it's elite. And they it didn't screw it up by twitching it to the to the basketball or the football. Color. Blue. The Valor they kept blue. It, yeah, they kept it that, that lighter baseball blue. Yeah, they did a good job. It is perfect. With the red cleats, it is so nice looking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Um, we'll wrap it up there. We'll be back to recap the weekend next week. Get you ready for Memphis. Um, but for Ben, for Nick, and uh, for Nolan over there as well, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion. Thank you all for listening.